Good evening, everybody. It's Tracy here with the So Many Shows podcast. Mike Martini is joining me. What's up, Mike? Doing good today. How about yourself, Tracy? I'm doing all right. It's been a little bit of a challenging day, but but this conversation should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk about season two, episode eight of The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, the title of this one is Covenants and Stipulations. It's written by Chris Downey and Michael Conley and directed by Shanna Stein. So Mike and I were talking briefly before we got started here that this episode has a ton of courtroom scenes, but it just has a lot in the episode period. It's just chock full of storylines, this this episode. And, you know, it's interesting because sometimes like it's mid, it's the midway point of the second half. So sometimes in series, those episodes that kind of fall at that point might seem a little slow, like you're waiting for the mm-hmm. build up to the finale. But this one just keeps chugging along, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I'd agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So a lot, a lot going on. So I put together a few statistics just to sort of set the stage before our conversation tonight. So we have a total of six witnesses that'll be on the stand. That's a pretty big number for one episode. We have two stipulations. We have three or four reasons that someone might raise eyebrows about ineffective counsel. Mm -hmm. We have a new character with several pieces of luggage. I didn't count. That might be a good trivia question, though. Oh, absolutely. I would say that Lorna wears four hats, like four different types of jobs in this episode. So we'll have to check those off as we go through. We have good. we have at least one whiny response from Lisa. I think it's fair to say. We'll, yep. we'll, we'll hit that. <laughs> we have one dental emergency, and we have multiple sidebars but even more objections in the courtroom. So I, I think that's plenty to to talk about, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> but with uh, when you do have more courtroom scenes, you're obviously going to get more objections and everything. Oh, yeah. Especially with these two attorneys. I was going to say, two, especially with these two. two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we could add in there objections, sidebars, and eye rolls. We get some eye rolls, mm-hmm. I think, from, from Andrea and we get some scribbling notes from Lorna on the legal yes. pad. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot. So. Oh, and you forgot the partridge in a pear tree as well. So. You know, it's funny you say that because as I was kind of writing some of these things out, I was like, somehow we have to have a partridge in a pear tree <laughs> line in there. So we think so much alike. It's uh, kind of scary, but it's good. Good scary. <laughs> good scary. Absolutely. So uh, why don't we kick it off with some of Izzy's storyline in this episode? Does that yes. sound good? Okay. She, we were on the heels of last week where she learns that due to, quote, market conditions, the rent has increased, which means the deposit would increase to secure the spot for the dance studio. And I think he gave her like a time frame. It was a, that offer was available oh, for X number for of days. Okay. I think they said a week. Okay, so the time has expired. She gets the phone call. And of course, her financial situation hasn't changed. So she still doesn't have the money. She's really discouraged. And Lorna overhears her talking on the phone about it. She sees that she's really upset. But Izzy, she even tries to sort of play it off saying, well, it's not like I really lost money. I just lost Mm -hmm. a dream. But a dream is pretty important. And Lorna knows that. And uh, Lorna is a good friend. And they put together a little scheme, not a scheme. I mean, it's, it, they, what would you call it? 
It's a ploy. A ploy. That's a good one. Yeah, it's kind of a, a ploy to to show that the landlord and the um, rental agent have clearly made a mistake and are in the wrong here. So they're going to mm -hmm. make that reveal with their ploy. So they go to the office and they're there together. And why don't you talk about it? Why don't you go through that? Oh, sure. So uh, <laughs> tired of hearing from me. No, it's <laughs> I, I can never tire from hearing from you. Uh, that's very generous of you, but you can, can go only, ahead. <laughs> I can only tire from hearing from myself at times. But anyways, um, so yeah, they meet with the owner, and uh, and that in fact, I even wrote down the owner that they meet was also in Bosch season seven, episode two, as the property manager Bosch and Edgar talked to about the apartment fire. So it's oh, kind really? of almost, yeah, it's almost the same. Uh, the actress's name is. Kristen Carey, so she played the property manager that Bosch and Edgar talked to in season seven about the apartment fire and the locked door, and she was saying, she was the one that was telling Bosch and Edgar that they're broken up about what happened, but, you know, they can't really do anything, they, you know, they they can only do so much type of thing, and you know, yeah. when Bosch and Edgar walk out, Bosch even says it's crocodile tears from this character. Anyway, so it's kind of funny that she's kind of almost playing the same character, Mm -hmm. you know, she has yeah, the owner of the building in this case, not the property manager, but still is kind of the same, same, same uh, job title type of thing. But anyways, that's a really good eye. Well, I, I, uh, I, I always like diving into uh, side characters, you know, okay. you never know what shows or movies they've been in. And I yeah. thought she looked familiar. So when I was looking it up, I thought it was somebody else. Yeah. And I saw that she had been in Bosch. So I'm like, oh, who was she in Bosch? You know, so I clicked on that and found out very similar so, profession yes yes so so izzy confronts her with two almost identical rental applications the only difference is the name on the on the rental agreement or application mm -hmm. um and the other one that she had handed her was done by lorna that same day and so then they accuse the owner of discrimination and threatened to turn that information to their boss, who's a badass lawyer, for sure, and or to the LA Times. Right. So obviously, obviously they don't want that to be uh, <laughs> uh, spread across town. Yeah. Yes, they don't want that spread across the Los Angeles area. Of obviously, and I just I hated how she was kind of the how the property owner was still, you know, backing up the. Um, property managers ter uh, terminology with the yeah. market conditions you know yeah so that was annoying. Kind of, they really backed her into a corner though exactly too, right? mm -hmm. they sure did so they backed him into backed her into a corner and said hey we can even do this or you know you just give me the uh space for the uh, original agreed right. upon amount i if i was izzy and lauren i would have tried to get a few a little less you know, right, a push a little further. Yeah. yeah and a little for, bit further, try to get it, try to get it for like eight thousand a month rather than ten thousand a month. Right. For personal damages or you know exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so they was, they're make a good team. Absolutely. I always we've always loved when they've teamed up in earlier in the episodes because you know when they're going through all the files that were 
bombarded upon the office from discovery mm -hmm. you know it's her and lorna that you know it's izzy and lorna that were teaming up to try to find that magic bullet or the needle in the haystack that yeah you know. yeah so it's always been fun seeing the two of them yeah they've had a lot of side by side work this season yeah, yes absolutely. definitely good stuff and then uh and then obviously she secures the lease mm -hmm. with the original agreed upon deposit because later on that evening we see Izzy making out plans or drawing on like a notepad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what she's setting up, but she was mm -hmm. had a tape measure out and measuring the walls to possibly put up mirrors or with the dance studio, there's got to be like bars or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And stuff, so she was making plans. Yeah. She's definitely making plans. And the song that was playing was really good too. I forgot to write that one down. Oh, but I thought I, about that one in my rewatch too. And of course the name escapes me right now. Yeah. as well because she was kind of humming the tune side the by day. side side by side, oh, side, I think by it was. side. yeah okay yep because I, I know just say she's kind of humming the tune mm -hmm. i mean she's finally gotten over this this big hill or mountain she was trying to yeah climb over to finally get you know what she wanted to pursue this dance studio and it's probably so the first humming, time i'm sorry to interrupt it's probably the first time she's allowed herself to to enjoy the idea to really that too you know enjoy it so or that or what is it uh it's when you first you kind of get the news that you've been ex hoping for for right in her case months yeah you know it finally is there and then it's finally boom, official yeah finally official so so it's it was great to see her finally uh progress towards that she met her goal the the, the this next yeah. stage in her goal you know so yes and of her dream so now i have to ask you this you probably didn't think twice about it but when she's you know she's in the studio like you said doing some measurements and making some notes and doing some planning and she locks up and leaves for the night and walks out i just had an eerie feeling that something was going to happen i don't know why it was dark at night i'm like she's leaving alone she's locking up this is all worked out it's really good, but is something bad going to happen? Did did anything strike you in that scene? When I, when I first saw her grabbing the keys, I'm like, I was thinking kind of the same. You know, what if she had forgot, or or are the keys for those doors? You know, but I I thought maybe along the same kind of lines that I'm hoping that you know when she goes back the next day, nothing's you know that like maybe you're, you're always you're always afraid that the place will get broken into. Obviously, I mean, something, you yeah. Know what the, empty studio but i think they did their homework with yeah. trying to find a space because i think it's in studio no is it studio city i don't think so i don't Sorry. think so i forget the name it's a name i'm not really familiar with but um close to fairly close to downtown so studio city is further out so yeah yeah, I'll yeah re I'll to, on the on the next rewatch i'll have to there you go jot down that in fact i think i have jotted down for somewhere question like yeah. where is the studio? What part of LA is the studio lo located at, or soon to be yeah. located? Yeah. So we can check off one of the hats that Lorna wears in this episode: being a good friend. I don't know what else you might call that, but uh, co-counsel. <laughs> co-counsel. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so yes, good job there, Lorna. So let's shift over into Lorna. Lorna and Cisco have an exchange they end up talking about their wedding plans or 
you know, their wedding ceremony or lack thereof, because everything is kind Mm -hmm. of on hold. And we're going to talk about a little celebration where there's a cake later in the episode and Cisco discovers the the cake box in the trash can. And it's for a bakery called Lady M. And, you know, we're like, why is he looking at that box? He seems upset, you know? Well, sure enough, back in court that day, Lorna knows something's up. She, you know, obviously they're really in tune with each other and she can tell something's bothering him and she approaches him about it. And he brings up that, that, that she used that bakery for the celebration that they were having. And she's like, yeah, it's about to expire, you know? And he reminds her that, you know, it would be easy just to call and try to convince the manager to give them more time because you know, that was that they had a credit there for their wedding. They were going to use that bakery for their wedding. And so I, I guess it does sound like Lorna, she probably likes calling places and trying to get, um, I don't know, what's the word, uh, not get her way, but, you know, she would, you know. Special sit, treatment maybe is a. Or just getting what like, she thinks is fair, you know, kind of like, you yeah. know, fight, fighting, fighting her battles, you know, like she's not shy about fighting her battles. Like, hey, you know, we've had this situation. We've had issues with our wedding plans but we really want to use your bakery so i think you would want to extend our credit out mm-hmm. further so we can you know so obviously she wouldn't be shy about trying to do that so he, so that really bothered him like why didn't you try to hold on to them longer for our wedding and you know she explains that you know she just feels like their plans are kind of how does she describe it not not canceled oh, obviously but just kind of on hold or delayed canceled, but... oh shoot i forgot to write down exactly what he had stated it was like ah <laughs> or the the, gap, the universe was against them type of thing. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of how she had put it. Is that you know she felt like the universe was against them because every time they try to try to plan out the wedding, something happens mm-hmm. that'll back it up. So. Yeah. So, but they just haven't. Yeah, they haven't been able to put their wedding plans together, and so he's worried that she doesn't want to do the big wedding now. And 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 she said because of the, the obstacles they've run into that she figured maybe they should just go back to his original plan about eloping. And mm-hmm. he, she's like, isn't that what you want? You know, and, and he says past tense, that's what he wanted. So then she yep. clues in that, oh, he suddenly has bought into the idea of, of the big wedding, the big celebration, all the pomp and circumstance, which is perfectly fine with her. And so they agree that that's what they want to do. So they have shifted gears and they're going to, going to pursue that. But it was a fun exchange. Of course, with the guy sitting there, that's watching them the whole time, supposedly reading his book, but listening in on their conversation. So yeah, that was fun. Did you, did you think that's what bothered Cisco? Did you, did you, were you surprised at all when it, it turns out that he was really wanting the big celebration, the big, traditional wedding that did kind of surprise me kind of get a little bit more in depth like i think they had mentioned earlier like lorna even stated like well cisco you know he doesn't talk that much you know it's like i think she was mentioning it to izzy and izzy's like oh i've never noticed so you don't (laughs) you don't see the depth of of cisco very often so to have him kind of say that is what i wanted and yeah and then when she kind of catches him on it it's like he's like no Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of shy about revealing or just spitting it out, you know. Mm-hmm. He's so, a big tough biker guy, you know. That is want, true. He doesn't want to be accused of having a the big wedding with the cheesy toasts and yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did, how did Lorna say it? The like an overbearing mom or something like that. Oh, with her snotty remarks or something. Snotty <laughs> remarks. That's right. 
yeah. But like you like you had mentioned, the best part of this conversation was their audience of one <laughs> sitting on the bench pretending not to listen or watch the altercation or not altercation, but just the conversation itself. Yeah. When I when I originally watched the scene, I thought, okay, this has got to be like a, a one of the producers on the show <laughs> or something. I, I really thought it was a producer on like the show. Like a cameo. So thought, mm-hmm. Like a cameo. Um, so when I looked it up, I, it, it turns out he was an actual actor. But I'm like, okay. boy, that, that would have been a good spot for like Michael Conley to have a cameo right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Even, yeah. Reading, even reading the Fifth Witness Lincoln Lawyer book, maybe. Oh, that would have been, been really funny. Yeah. That would have made the scene better. But I love how how they just didn't overdo it. You know. That's true. That's true. Showed yep. the guy. They showed the guy kind of not listening, listening, and. And at the end, I think with uh, Cisco at one point set down the box next to the guy on the on the bench because he was carrying a box into the courtroom at the time. Yeah. So and then when he goes to pick it up, he was like kind of almost like waving goodbye to the guy. He kind of nods to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And then, of course, Lorna was irritated with the guy for she could tell from her viewpoint that he was kind of, you know, eavesdropping. And, and she's yep. like, do you mind? So yeah, exactly. yeah, we we know Lorna is is not shy for sure. But it was yeah, it was kind of sweet that the guy was actually enjoying how it played out. That it was a a good ending to the issue they were discussing. So wedding plans, big wedding plans are moving yes. forward for Lorna and Cisco. So we talked about the Lady M Bakery and the cake. So the celebration that it was for was for. Um, and an above average Thursday. So they were having a party for an above average Thursday, a surprise party. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lorna has worked with Haley to just help make this surprise happen for Mickey, which of course the above average Thursday is actually Mickey's birthday, which he does not like to celebrate. And mm-hmm. we'll, um, we'll find out why when we discuss this scene, but that takes us, I think to three total of three so far hats that Lorna wears in the episode, because with Lorna and Cisco, she's a supportive fiance. She's playing, mm-hmm. you know, she's mm-hmm. got to do the fiance role. And then when she helps plan this little surprise party at lunchtime for Mickey, she's a party planner. So she's got a lot on her plate. That's already three jobs that she's doing. Actually, That's two hats right there. She's also a, a being a supportive stepmother or ex-stepmother true true she's helping Haley out yeah because she makes it very clear to mickey when she lures him back to the to the office that it's something that Haley has put together and you know she she kind of spills the beans that it's you know about his birthday but she encourages him because this is something Haley was doing for him so of course he's gonna you know go along with it and be grateful to Haley for that so do you want to talk about some of what happens at that surprise party oh absolutely i <laughs> i wrote down a lot of notes for this one because it was a well it it started off great because i mean you us as the viewers the first time we were watching we didn't know mickey hated his birthday yeah you know when lorna kind of gave him a heads up that there's leftovers back at the office for lunch mm-hmm. um she even mentions that we you know you don't like celebrating your your day yeah so the viewer we never saw that in season one yeah i don't we're think like, What's it's up? covered in the books so it's like so this is new for mm-hmm. a viewer so when he gets to the office they uh you know he well first of all he brings lisa back to the office because they figure they can have lunch together and maybe talk about the case or something kind of because 
I know in the courtroom we're going to talk about it later is that uh, there was two big things that Mickey did in the first part of the day mm-hmm. that kind of threw even Lorna through yeah. a loop. So we'll yeah. get to that later. But uh, so they bring he brings Lisa back. So when he gets in the office, you know, nobody's in the office that he can see. And Lorna kind of says, we're back here in the conference room. Mm-hmm. So they go around the corner, you know, surprise. And even Cisco kind of looks like, you know, oh, great. Sorry, boss type of surprise. <laughs> I know you don't want to do this. <laughs> but I love how Lorna was like quickly right up to Mickey saying, you know, saying quickly and quietly. It's Haley's idea. Pretend you love it. Yep. So, but um, let's see here. So Haley even says that, you know, we know you don't like celebrating your birthday, so we'll just call it an above average Thursday. But then the big reveal is they couldn't start the party because their guest of honor hadn't arrived yet. And it turns out to be Mickey's mother, Elena. Yes. And that's another fun scene. So she comes in. And she says that she's met everyone. She's and that Izzy's so sweet. The motorcycle mm-hmm. man. She didn't know about the hair on him. <laughs> the blonde wife. And then Mickey's kind of like, you know, she's an ex-wife, but she also speaks Spanish. And then Lorna even chirps in saying she likes uh, blonde wife better than second ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, a, and, then yeah. He, and then Elena spots Lisa and asks her, <laughs> you know, "Who are you?" <laughs> Who are you? And Lisa's like, and then Mickey kind of interrupts, going, "Well, she's my client." And then Elena's kind of like, "What did you do?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this your crime? Like, what did you do? And then when they, you know, when Mickey's leading her away, she's like saying, "Oh, did she murder somebody?" And Mickey's <laughs> like, "You got to keep it down. She can speak Spanish." Oh, really? She looks it- Greek. Because there's just a <laughs> lot. Yeah. Packed into like that 30 seconds right there. It's like, yeah, Mama Elena has a big personality. And if I can just pause for a minute, it's so funny to me that you called her the guest of honor because I know you're going to get to this, but it just ties in so perfectly when Lorna explains to Izzy why yes. Mickey doesn't like his birthday. It's because his dad would, would never remember and his yep. mom made it all about her. So yeah. it's so funny because you called her the guest of honor. Because when you first said that, I'm like, well, actually, you know, Mickey's the guest of honor. But no, I guess that's never the way it is in, yeah. in Mickey's never world. It's, yeah, it's always his mom is the star. So that's but so always, funny that you phrased it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also like Izzy's response to that and saying, you know, that explains a lot. to Yeah, Lorna. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. That's funny. And this was a very busy lunch hour. It turns out to be a mm-hmm. very busy lunch hour for Mickey, too. Because uh, when he's back talking with his mom about, oh, what was it? Um, that he's in the middle of court. It's not really a good time. For her to she come watch her. or something, yeah. you know. And she, well, she kind of goes, it's never really a good time, even when you're pretty much half dead in the hospital. Yeah. Nobody reached out to me type of thing. But so Mickey gets a, receives a phone call from Jeff Trammell. Saying he's downstairs and wants to meet or discuss or wants to talk. Yeah, he wants to talk. Yep. So Mickey goes downstairs to the lobby of the office building where after just a few questions, uh, Jeff reveals that he's only there for the next thing, you know, Mm -hmm. early when the restaurant was about to take off. So he doesn't want to miss what's the next piece of what's next is. And that's basically the money from the podcast. podcast or yeah and and the big thing is that he'd basically say anything on the stand to help mickey and or lisa and yeah. that's you know, and whatever Mickey's you want like, me to say yeah whatever you want me to say and basically you know when it came down to it mickey just kind of tells them to f off you know yeah. it's like we don't 
I don't I don't put liars on the stand, you know. Right. So it's like Mickey, so, you know, he he'll push the boundaries a little bit, but he definitely, you know, that's that's a clear line he has drawn. So, which is kind of fun to see because we know he's a, you know, a decent guy, but he will, you know, push those boundaries and, you know, some of the things he does, you're like, well, is that really, you know, okay to do? But he definitely is not going to let someone come on and lie for money, you know, so exactly, it's a a good reminder that he does have, you know, some solid standards. (laughs) Yes. And then let's see here. What other notes did I write down here? Um, wasn't he talking to Lisa about when I think when they arrive or something, somehow that morning it came up that she was planning, thinks she's going to testify because he's talking about how prosecution's going to rest and they can start telling their story. And, you know, she's like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for, you know, being able to explain that I didn't do this. And he's like, wait, you think you're going to go on the stand? And and she's like, yep. no. um, Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. That would be like sort of, I forget how I described it, but kind of a, a last resort that, you know, yeah. you want other people to tell your story rather than her be up there and they try to pick apart her story and doubt her story. Right. And at some point in the conversation in the office, she, you know, I was joking about her, her being whiny, but somehow she gets the, you know, gets to thinking that Mickey is doubting her and she's like, you doubt me, Mickey, you know, and we're, I'm just like, okay, Lisa, stop being the victim. <laughs> You know, yep. just toughen up and do what he says. So well, that's when uh, I think that's when he goes back upstairs after talking with Jeff. Oh, right. He went. He asked. He asked. Did you Lisa contact if, him? Yeah. Yeah. If you had any contact with them recently. That's right. Like, yeah. You know, so that's like when you said where she's like, you believe you know, me, you don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and big doe eyes popping or it's like Mickey's just kind of melts. No, oh, that's funny. funny. But I did. Uh, the one thing that I kind of felt bad for for these scenes was Haley. You know, she kind yeah, of tried, yeah. Set up this party. They even tried singing "Happy Birthday" for, to Mickey at least twice. Mm-hmm. I counted out where he's like, at one point he was coming upstairs from talking with Jeff, and he's like, "I'm sorry, everybody. I got to talk to Lisa for a second. Right. And they started singing to him again after that, and it's like, "Well, now I got to get back." It's to time to go. And, yeah, but. The the payoff for that was that she tells her that they'll celebrate together. Yes, the two just of them. Just the two of them. Just the two of them. They'd uh, try to do some horseback riding that night, I believe, and sing. Oh, I forgot to write this down. Sing manatas. If I'm not mistaken, it's a it's a Spanish happy birthday song. Oh, okay, cool. And okay. Uh, uh, just as a heads up to the listeners, it will be a future. Lincoln lawyer trivia question because mm. I always like trivia questions that kind of go deep into like a behind this or maybe not behind the scenes but you get uh, a little bit uh, like a tidbit with the answer yeah so it's uh, it's like a Spanish version of a happy birthday or Mexican type happy birthday song so Mickey says that they'd do some horseback riding and even sing the song mm-hmm. together if she wanted to so at least we got a little bit of the um you know, that Mickey did really appreciate the effort on Haley's part. Yeah, yeah. But just a very, very busy lunch hour for Mickey and crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. He he gets a, finally approached by this Jeff, Jeff Trammell, and then he wants yeah. to 
uh, be, you know, bribed to say stuff. And he's, his mom shows up and, you know, he, there yep. were comments in the hospital about like, you didn't call my mom, did you? You know, so we've already yep. had this impression that, you know, there's maybe some strain or awkwardness or something drama related to his mom. And now we find out that well, she's, she's, a, she's a very dramatic character in general. She's yep. an actress, you know. So not only that, but like like his birthday, it's always about her. You know, yeah, yeah. When he's in the hospital, she'd make it about her. <laughs> and we didn't even mention that there's a bunch of people in the room he doesn't even know that he's supposed yes. to pretend to like the, the temps. temps. That's right. Lauren is like because <laughs> uh, Mickey asks, you know, who are these people? And one of yeah. them's I think video, you know, recording them on their phone or whatever. And and Lorna goes, they're the temps. Pretend you like them too. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Act like you're excited about your birthday for Haley and act like you like these people who you don't know and exactly. be excited to see your mom, even though it could be a little stressful. <laughs> you have to put, he has to put on a lot of uh, acting himself for this, this little party that also is in the middle of the trial day. <laughs> yes. And like I said, it's just, I mean, we have this huge courtroom scenes throughout the this whole episode, but it's like mm-hmm. this lunch break. I mean, it just you kind of. I mean, it actually kind of looks like how it feels in, in a common lunch break. I mean, anybody out there, you take your lunch break, it goes by like a snap. Some days sure. it's like, oh, yeah. dude, it's only been a half hour or an hour, depending on what you get for yeah. a lunch break. Yeah, so and and he has to turn over break. his credit card to his mom yes. to go shopping <laughs> to take Haley shopping because. Oh, Elena puts it where she's got to have some woman in her life with fashion sense. Sense, yeah. It's so, like, okay, is that a dig? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that a dig at Maggie? I, you know, I don't know. So Maggie or Lorna, but I think Lorna's got some good tastes. She's always got some nice dresses and high heels, and she gets fancy. Yeah, she's kind of her own style. Yeah, he had to turn over his credit card too. So they do have some nice conversation when they're horseback riding. Yes, they did. Because uh, that's what that's what it was. Uh, uh, court because court recesses early that mm-hmm. that day. Mickey and Haley both get to enjoy horseback riding together, and they both are laughing at when they see Elena. What is it? Kind of. I don't know if she's temperamental, but she was. Well, she was. Um, uh, well, she. I don't know if she, she was fussing because her shoes kept getting in the mud, or either the horse poop, or something. Caca. You know, she's over there. Yeah, you know. I remember saying ca- her saying caca. So I know that. Okay, yeah, that's so, yeah, the horse crap. That is uh, okay. That's it then. So it, it, it's not the you know she has on the fancy clothes and, um, yeah, the the stable is uh, not mm-hmm. really her. Uh, her place you know it's not it's not the cleanliness she's looking for (laughs) yeah it doesn't it doesn't work for that particular outfit for sure so yeah they are kind of having fun (laughs) she this is funny because she's there trying to to be a part of things you know but Mm -hmm. she's clearly not enjoying it and then um Haley says she's been fussing with her agent all day i think on the phone too so she's you know she's been in town just just a couple hours and there's just a lot going on with her already but Haley mm-hmm. wants to get some scoop on um, on her grandmother and how um, she met yes. Mickey's dad. So did you want to talk about that a little bit, that story? Sure. Um, yes. Uh, so Mickey tells, tells Haley that, uh, let's see, when they first met, it was at a pool, the Beverly Hills Hotel, and you had... Mickey Holler Sr., who was the big defensive lawyer, 
Mm-hmm. And you had Elena, who was this uh, another Mex or uh, mentioned. Oh, sorry, uh, Mexican-born actress with big dreams, like Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, they even have a little conversation there with like, because Mickey even says, "I bet you don't know who she is," and Haley's like, "I've seen enough classic movies with you to know who it is." Right, I've watched with you. Yeah, it's the actress that changed her name, and then so it was kind of a nice story where Mickey tells Haley how that how his grand or how his parents met her grandparents. Mm-hmm. But you know that they said I can't remember if Mickey said that, but I think I know it's mentioned later on with Elena that they were just two. They, they were both stars in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. Type of thing. So, and it's kind of doesn't mesh when you get two stars that want to be right. the center stage and not. Yeah. And then Mickey, she even, even though she does act like the star at the birthday party and things like that, I think in that later conversation, she even tells Mickey that he's the star, you yes. know, there's as the son that he's, he's their star, but yeah, they couldn't, he, he does explain to, to Haley that it, it wasn't something that lasted, but they were, you know, very attracted to each other immediately, you know, like love at first sight kind oh, of love thing. love at first sight, yes. Kind of thing, yeah. So it was a nice story. Unfortunately, it just didn't, you know, last. And then he talks, she asked, well, was there ever anyone else? And he says, there are, were a lot of women, but, yep. you know, not, none, like nothing that lasted. And he kind of, kind of brushes off that topic. Like he, maybe not the proudest of his mm-hmm. dad, maybe kind of a womanizer or something, I guess. So. Yep. But then that also led to the uh, Haley asking Mickey if there was somebody in. Yes, his in life. his life. Yeah. And he said that there was, or no, uh, that's what it was. Haley picked up earlier in the office where Lisa and uh, Mickey were, were talking hands. about Jeff Trammell. They were holding hands. So Haley yeah. kind of asks what's there up there something going on there. And he said, there was something going on before she was my client. And he ended it because that's a line he would never cross. Yeah. And that right there was another Bosch line that we, I think we talked about in the last episode. Uh-huh. Where you pick up on. So Bosch would always say that's a line I'd never cross. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like that. You know, you get a little bit of, uh, you get to see Haley and Mickey hanging out outside of the office, outside mm-hmm. of even their house, you know, because I mean, we've had some good dinner moments between Haley and Mickey in the season so far. But so it's good to see them outside of the, well, just outside, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Something besides eating together, doing something together besides eating out on the deck, you know, we get a lot, they, they have some great conversations out there, but it was nice to see them enjoying the ride together. And then they, they kind of both agree that mama Elena has had enough of the mud yes. and probably flies and everything that she's dealing with over there by the fence. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I think we should probably get into the trial because there is so much, so many witnesses. Like we said, there are six witnesses that come on the stand and you know each attorney has a, an opportunity to question them and so it's, it's just a, a a lot of content there so first up in the day is the landscaper that found the murder weapon <laughs> i still like to say it like that <laughs> yes the hammer and and i know if you notice through the first couple of witnesses this day Andrea really likes to display that hammer. She keeps, you know, pulling it mm-hmm. out. She doesn't just talk about it. She actually pulls out the hammer itself. You know, I think that's like just such a visual to the jury. You know, we're not just talking about this is it. Look at this hammer. Imagine this, you know, knocking someone over the head and murdering them. Yes. You know, it's, it just adds to the effect there. But she has Mr. Beltron walk through finding the hammer 
underneath some hedges. But then when Mickey comes up, he wants to try to, he's trying to raise doubts about why, why now, you know, if he yes. works in that area and he's, he's, he's very kind and respectful, but if he works in that area every week, hmm, why would he, you know, and if he is, he does a good job at, you know, at his business, you know, he tries to raise doubts about why it was found at the beginning of Lisa's trial. So he's, you know, leaning into that whole framing idea again. Yep. Anything else you want to say about the landscaper, Mr. Beltron? Well, I did like how he asked for a glass of water so he could clear his throat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a little, like I said, or kind of get, brings a little oh, he was bit of offered realism. one. He was offered yeah. one, actually. Andrea offers it to him, one but he takes kind of, it. It was kind of cool to see the judge pour the water for him. Yeah, and yeah. Him the glass. So it's kind mm-hmm. of nice to see that. I know it's kind of, you know. No, it's it's tacky it's, there, but it's kind of a humanizing thing, you know. Yeah. True. To, you know, um, not... But yeah, I did. I did kind of uh, agree with Mickey on this one that you know, if he and he, you know, the landscaper was adamant. He does a very good job, you know, and mm-hmm. that's great. But why six months later? Because after he put the timeline in there, it's like, oh yeah, that's yeah, right, it's, it's been. It does it's make you wonder. Months, yeah. yeah. So, so if he's been doing the uh, blowing the leaves out of that hedge for each week for six months, that's six times four. You know, it's twenty four weeks, twenty four times where that hammer, or twenty three times where that hammer hasn't been discovered when the leaves have been blown out. So that mm-hmm. that just kind of threw me threw me a little bit where it's like, holy cow, it's been six months for this process already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we have Detective O'Brien on the stand again, and Andrea walks him through the evidence collection process, and she's uh, going through trying to, uh, he talks about the serial number that identifies that it belonged to Lisa, and Mickey basically kind of interrupts and just concedes, you know, he just says, we're happy to stipulate that the hammer is the one from Lisa's toolkit, yep. you know, and that yep. catches her off guard, you know, and, but, you know, she goes with it and then it's his turn to talk to O'Brien, but that's when Lorna starts wondering, what are you doing? You know, she starts getting curious. Like, why would you yeah, just she, so she easily stipulate to curious. that? Yeah. Huh? She didn't, she didn't get curious. Yeah. She no, yeah. On her yeah. And... yeah. <laughs> She's really curious. What is going on here? Um, exactly. it's, it's, it is surprising. So as a viewer, I was kind of surprising. I'm like, where's he going with this? You know, but then it's Mickey's turn. And so he, he questions O'Brien and he goes into the doubting thing again, trying to raise doubt. And he asks him about his original search. And, you know, he, he basically comes out and says, it was it a thorough search. And I'm trying to think how he says it. It's like, it's either it was really thorough. And so that means someone oh. must have planted it. You yep. know, because you yep. really did look and that wasn't there. So someone must have planned it later. Or maybe you weren't really doing a thorough job. You know, and e- either yep. way, it looks bad, you know, for the prosecution. Yeah. So, but O'Brien insists that it was a, a thorough search. He he sort of plants his, his flag on that. So then we have another sighting of Dr. Hannah Gates, the, uh, the uh, lab director. I don't know what, I can't remember exactly her title, but she works in the lab. Yes. <laughs> and of course, she's the one that testified to the blood on Lisa's gloves, having some blood traces from, um, let's see, what was that? It had her blood on it and Mitchell Bondurant's, or no, it was had Mitchell Bondurant's blood and they were her It had Mitchell Bondurant's blood on it, but it had her like follicles or, you know, stuff from her hands when she puts her hands in the gloves and out. 
Yeah. So her hair and her, I think there's DNA because you have sweat. When yeah. You sweat yeah. But, so it's the Mitchell Bonder, it's a, a dot of Mitchell Bonderin's blood. Right. And they were clearly could be identified as her yes. gloves. Yeah. So, yeah, she gives the reveal about the gloves. And now she is up to testify about the blood on the hammer. Yep. Do you want to go through that? Yeah. So that well, they, they start to get into the the blood on the hammer. And well, they had mentioned the gloves, bring up the blood on the hammer. And then Mickey interrupts again. Uh, agreeing that the to the stipulation that the blood on the hammer does belong to Mitchell Bondrat, so they're not going to fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andy asks for a science or Andrea, sorry, I call her Andy because I think she's my friend too. No. Yeah, you're very close. The two of you are very close. <laughs> Andrea uh, takes a sidebar to complain about Mickey's shortcutting her evidence presentations, and Judge mm-hmm. Medina agrees to the stipulations, but warns Mickey that his actions could be brought up on appeal for his counseling being ineffective. Mm-hmm. So basically saying, if, you your, if you're deemed as ineffective counsel, that could come to bite you on appeal type yeah. of thing. So, so instead, that's when court gets recessed for lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's when Mickey has his busy lunch break. <laughs> yeah, we just went through the busy lunch break, yeah. Jeff Trammell and all that. So when they come back, Andy has someone named Ms. Stern, a neighbor of Lisa's, on the stand. And this this woman I, I is just kind of grumpy. Obviously, kind of has a, a chip on her shoulder about Lisa. Um, she talks about a history of hearing Lisa and Jeff fighting all the time, that it sounded violent and throwing, that one time Jeff even ended up in the hospital and so she's trying to to play into, you know, basically, I said Lorna, play into Lisa's character, you know, and yep. to try to, you know, show damaging information there. But and I think at that point, at some point in the in the in the examination is when is no, that's not when she says liar on the pad, is it? Well, Lisa, Lisa yeah, that's where Lisa wrote in liar. Is it where Lisa yeah. says liar on the pad? Okay, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was another witness later. Okay. So I guess they have, I'm trying to figure, do they have time to talk about it? Because Mickey gets the scoop because when he it's his turn, he comes up and talks to Ms. Stern and tries yep. to knock out all the things she said. Like, did you know that he was actually had a medical emergency? That's why he went yes. to the hospital. It had nothing to do with a fight. And he asks about, well, was she ever given an offer for selling her property to Mitchell Bondurant? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes. And it was, I think it was 1.5 million. Yep. Huge sum. But of course she didn't get that because it was contingent upon Lisa selling her property as well. So that, that just, you know, he's, he's leaning into, you have a grudge clearly on on Lisa, you know, that's why you're here to try to discredit her because you didn't get to make a $1.5 million sale because Lisa wouldn't go along with it. So I, I mean, I kind of feel like he kind of won that one when you say, Oh, absolutely. He he, he definitely turns things around. Well, I always like how they kind of, they, they, I think when they showed Andrea sitting at the table, she was kind of like pissed at herself that she probably didn't background this oh, yeah. witness as much as she could have. Because you kind of see her not rolling her eyes, but kind of looking 
of Senator Self. Yeah, kind of a side eye or something. Yeah, you know, there is, there's some type of expression on her face. It's very noticeable that she's just like, oh, brother, you know, she's pissed. (laughs) And so uh, we must pause to say all along here, Lorna, of course, is wearing another hat. She is second chair in this case to Mickey. So she, once again, Lorna juggles a ton of jobs. She's very capable, very capable, Lorna. So next up, we have Walter Kim, who we saw earlier in the season when Cisco paid him a visit about the photos he took that were part of the temporary restraining order yep. um, against Lisa. And Andrea brings him to the stand and walks him through kind of what he saw in the photos. Well, it was actually, it went by pretty quick because you go yeah. from Andrea questioning him and then it transitions to Mickey yeah. asking questions all uh, all in like the same shot so it kind of transitions quickly from andrea and then it goes to mickey in his cross-examination he tries mm-hmm. to suggest that kim was trying to help mitchell bondurant with the restraining order because he received so many jobs from him which couldn't be true andrea. because he yep. you know works for the the county um yes. Or city, right. and so you know she refers to him obviously as a public servant. So his his payroll is not dependent upon who hires him. He's already works for the municipality. Yes. So so then he uh, so Mickey just kind of keeps trying to dig further in, but the reason why he was digging further in is because he was trying to get some video to be played, and even mm-hmm. Andrew tries cutting him off by saying like I object because all these or, I can't remember if she objected, but. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on. Mickey asks if there's any filming and points to a cyclist that was in the background because they had a, this picture was kind of blown up. It was zoomed in on. Yeah. Band, or sorry, uh, Lisa pushing Mitchell Bondurant. Mm-hmm. So even Andrea at one point kind of kind of objects because all Mickey's just trying to do is trying to introduce the, new footage, introduce new footage for the defense. But then they were able to play it. Yeah, because the judge says it could be impeachment evidence. You know, if it if this if this actually contradicts Kim's testimony, you know, that could be impeachment evidence. So she kind of has to let it at this point go through. Yep. So and they actually showed they did play the video and it did actually show that Mitchell Bondurant was the aggressor when he went up to Mm -hmm. wearing cussing, you know, had his hands, you know, basically just almost like he wants to wring her neck and then yeah. Push him away, defending herself, not just yeah. pushing to, yeah. to hurt him. Yeah, to a different, a different, physically a different perspective, the opposite side, you know, viewpoint, and yeah, just a different. Every story has two sides, and so yeah. I mean, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, but right. <laughs> yeah. Is there any phrase or saying for a video, a video footage or whatever? Yeah, well, it all depends what angle you've that. taken the picture from or the video, exactly. so. It can say exactly. 2,000 words, exactly. <laughs> depending on what angle you're at. So so at that point, I think they I think uh, that's when Kim gets excused, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this video footage just kind of throws his whole story out the window. Yeah. And then we see Lorna going out to talk with Renee, who's the uh, Elysian restaurant manager mm-hmm. saying that uh, it looks like the prosecution's about to rest. So, you know, he'd be the first witness called up for the defense. Uh, yeah. For the defense. That's right. Yeah. But uh, while, uh, while Lorna was out there, Renee notices that Walter Kim exits the courtroom and he, you can see there's recognition there. He recognizes this yeah, guy. Yeah. He kind of does a double take. 
Yep, does the double take, and then you see Walter Kim, you know, uh, uh, bringing out his phone and hurriedly making a phone conversation while trying to hurry. You can kind of see he's trying to hurry out of the court. Yeah, he is anxious to leave, yeah. Yep. So that one kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, when I first saw that, you know. Yeah, I'm like, did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said, too. I'm like, did I miss something? I mean, so was there something earlier in the episode or an earlier episode? Right, right. I was hoping that we'd get the answer for that at some point. Maybe we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So then it cuts back to the courtroom where I think Andy asked, Andrea asked for a, uh, just to approach, I believe. Yeah. And he says that, uh, or Judge Medina asked if they still, if they had any more witnesses. Andrea asks if they can have the night just to kind of can talk it over and consider it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Judge Medina says, yeah, we can break early tonight because my grandson has a play. Mm-hmm. So so I think they broke at four o'clock because Andrea even yeah. said it's four o'clock. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to call another witness or can I have the night? So Andrea, or sorry, Judge Medina agrees, you know, let's call it an early night because I got to, uh, the jury could use some rest and my grandson has a play that I have to go right. see. So, yes. So Mickey at this point, they don't know who this other witness is, you know, because yes. they said she might, they might call another one. So obviously they haven't been on the list yet, you know, or, or identified for sure. So they don't, they don't know, I guess they have a witness list, but they don't know who it could, it could possibly be. So Mickey gets worried that maybe the prosecution's going to go after Jeff Trammell. If he's so anxious to talk, you know, maybe he's tried to reach out to them too, and they're going to get him. So he sends Cisco on a uh, mission to track him down, which he never really does. We find out like by the end of the day that there was like footage of him getting on the subway or something and then disappeared. So he he wasn't able to track him down, but we find out the next day after a delay, because here's our dental procedure. The judge has to push court a little later for the day because to go to the dentist because she hurt her tooth on a pecan in some frozen yogurt that she, in, I guess, enjoyed or at least enjoyed for a while after her grandson's play. They were out to celebrate. So there's our dental procedure. <laughs> so uh, maybe more information than we needed to know. But that's the reason that that court was started later that yep. day. And then we finally uh, find out well, who is this? It wasn't Jeff Trammell. He's gone. They didn't call him. Yep. They're calling Henry Dahl. Yikes. Yes. So Henry Dahl, who helped, you know, got them. Well, we found out he got the money from, I think, David Weber to pay the the bail bond for Lisa. Clearly, you know, has been planted on her side um, yep. of the case. And now she's the prosecution's last witness. What does he have to share, Mike? He had to share that uh, that only 20, 15 to 20 minutes of all the recordings that him and Lisa have done out of the seven to eight hours of recording was used for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that uh, part of the recording was not used, had contained views from Lisa that were actually more hurtful to her defense than helpful. Because he even started playing the audio, you hear that uh, Lisa is telling Dahl that the group tried to learn everything they could about Mitchell Bondurant because they wanted to know kind of his every move, you know, where he yeah. got coffee in the morning to where he parked his sports car. 
in the garage and the way she said it it's like she already knows where it is yeah mm -hmm. so they already well obviously they already know where it is because yeah. she had mentioned it during the, that podcast recording right but there's and the, the, yeah this is listening to her talking about all these things she knows about him yes and that actually brings me up to I actually wrote down the notes here because it was kind of kind of kind of getting uh, multiple angles on on things. I know earlier in the episode, Mickey tells Cisco that Andrea has to only prove three things to win her mm -hmm. case, and it's motive, means, and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Had the motive with how Lisa and the had the uh, Mitchell Bondaran had the restraining order on her. They had the she means. Was, so she, they already had the means with the hammer. Yeah. They had, and now with Henry Dahl testifying, he circles opportunity on yeah. his notepad and shows Lorna. Now Andrea has all three of the triangle. Yeah. For a prosecution win. Right. Right. A potential prosecution yeah. win. <laughs> so this is a tough. This puts them in a, a tough spot. That yeah, like you said, they've kind of come full circle with their argument. And they are yes. ready to rest their case. So the judge thinks, well, this is a good time. We rest the case. You can take a, a recess and we'll, I guess, you know, maybe come back and start the defense case. But Mickey does not want to do that. He does want to take a, a brief recess and he um, talks to Lisa. No, he takes Lorna out into the hall, yes. right? Yeah. And Lorna and he has. And he can't wait till the next day because the next day is the weekend. It's right. It's Friday, Friday afternoon. Yep. So Lorna has wind of, she can just tell that he's up to something. Mm -hmm. And she even describes it as, you know, saying, you think the rules don't apply to you. So he comes back in. We still don't know exactly where he's going with this, but he does announce that they are ready to call their first witness. And it's not Renee, the manager of the mm -hmm. restaurant. It's Lisa. So after yes. this whole episode of trying to explain to Lisa why she cannot testify on her yep. behalf, he's ready to do it. You know, and he's asked her a couple of times throughout the episode, does she trust him? So, and, and, you know, she says she does, and she has expressed that she wants to testify. So, you know, surely she's, you know, willing to do it, but that's where the episode fades to black, you know, after yep. he announces that she will be his first witness. So well, it, was also the, it was also the setup to that because when they when him and Lorna got back into the courtroom, you know, Mickey leans over to Lisa and I, I love the I love the phrase, you know, he goes, I trust you, you trust me mm -hmm. no matter what. Yes. And she goes says yes. Mm -hmm. And then Mickey goes, then trust me now. And then he stands up and calls her as the yeah as, the, as the first witness, not just the not just as a a know, witness or part of the the case, but yeah, she's calling her exactly. first, very first you one. Even, you could even hear the shock from the courtroom, the gallery. I think even Andrea uh -huh. looks surprised a little bit. Maybe she didn't show try to show it as much, but yeah. you kind of see her eyes even go wide a little bit, where she was kind of confused. Mm -hmm. I'm not confused, but like I said, surprised. Stunned. Yeah, she's yeah, she's Stunned. surprised. Did not see that coming. So, and that's what this whole thing has been. You know, the whole episode, this back and forth. You know, kind of like a tennis match. Mickey kind of wins this one. She kind of wins this one. You know, and they yeah. kind of they try to anticipate. I mean, that's what happens. You know, in in the courtroom anyway. But they're trying to anticipate. You know, what the other one, who they're going to call, which angle they're going to take. And it's fun when you see those points where they're either one really is surprised yes. at, at, at what the other attorney is doing. 
one thing I noticed in the episode, I don't know if you picked up on this. There were a lot of times when Mickey was easily willing. He would just, he was, to me, he was being, I don't know if risky is the right word, but maybe not careless. I don't know. There were many times when he said, fine, you know, that's withdrawn. Withdraw that comment. Like the, the, because Andrea would object, you know, and, and yep. he knew he kind of crossed the line, it was withdrawn, you know, but you can't, yep. I mean, how many times can you do that? And, you know, not be, you know, reprimanded or the consequences of that. Cause you can't just say whatever you want and put thoughts in the jury's idea and then expect them to not think about that, to not consider that, to not, you know, yes. use that as part of their deliberation. So what, what would you call that behavior of him? Just bold, I guess, maybe. I think bold is the best way. Cause you kind of threw out the risky or, or what were the first two words you said there? It was well, uh, careless and risky. Risky so or careless, but he was risky. he was doing it intentionally, though. You know, yeah. it's a, that's when I think that's not careless because he was doing it on purpose and almost just seeing how many times he could get away with it. You know, yep. without the judge yeah, calling him out on times when he was at the times when he was withdrawing the questions, like you said, it was just the you know he's just trying to get the words in front of the jury mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think he pushed about pushed it right up to the bounds with uh detective o'brien mm -hmm. i think it was with the neighbor as no nah, i think the neighbor i think andrea kind of you know like i said she was kind of pissed at herself that she didn't cross check some of the information but i, I remember him saying like you know withdrawn quite a few times during this episode yeah i, I can't identify all the places but i just i made a note it's like gosh he's saying that a lot you know yep. and how many times can you get away with it which interestingly we, you know we, we hadn't commented yet that he did not cross-examine henry Dahl, and he no, tells he, he tells lorna that it, he wanted to show that he was like it was beneath contempt or something beneath contempt and plus that i think mickey was saying that he didn't even uh, henry Dahl hadn't turned over all the recordings i believe right so it's like he wasn't even going to stoop to his level you know like he he wasn't even going to go there but he didn't want he also didn't want to recess for the weekend with that those right with those recordings being the last thing the jury hears for the weekend yeah exactly or, you know to stew on it for the weekend right he didn't have a plan for him to you know he wasn't going to cross-examine him, but so we didn't want to leave it at that. He didn't want to leave it at the prosecution's questioning and what they revealed. So He had a plan for Henry Dahl, but it didn't involve in the courtroom. That was you know, <laughs> yeah. information. Right. To, uh, He's, yeah, he, exactly. He's supposed to be his minion or whatever. You yep. know? Yeah, so the, the tables turned there. It just kind of threw me off guard. Henry Dahl being called as a witness and then... Mickey calling Lisa first as a first witness. I mean, those two were just curveballs for me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't expecting them. I'm like, holy crap, nice writing, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, very, very good. Well, you got Michael Conley in there and Chris Downey, but when yep. you got the, the source material writer in there, you know you're going to get a good bang for your buck. So any other thoughts or observations about the episode that you wanted to share that maybe we didn't touch on? I think we had all the main ones. I remember, I think I wrote down a few notes, but didn't really, didn't really like I said, I, I, I like the fact that I got in the, when Cisco and Mickey were talking earlier about the three things of the triangle that the prosecution needs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, okay. Well, let me, okay. I did write down notes for this one because it was funny for me. Mm -hmm, I mean, we okay. kind of, we just kind of barely touched on it, but uh, I think we, we both kind of touched a little bit on it. When Mickey brings, 
his mom to her house and yeah. that he, he's carrying in all the luggage for yeah. I think it's two mm -hmm. or three suitcases, like you said. That when I saw that the first time, the scene that clicked in my head was the a scene from Spaceballs. I don't know if you ever seen that one or if the viewers out there, if you ever seen Spaceballs, John Candy plays a character named Barf, who's a, a half yeah. man, half dog. Yeah. And he's bringing all this luggage in for the Royal Highness. Ah, okay. Flying yeah. camper. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of reminded me of that where it's like, that's all of funny. A sudden, you know, Mickey's, Mickey's bringing all this luggage and Mickey even looks a bit shocked when Elena says that she has an audition the next day that would allow her to stay at the house with him and Haley. Yeah. You know, so even Mickey kind of is like, oh, oh great. great. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I would love you to be here. I'm sorry if I sound sarcastic, but <laughs> I would say they clearly were were showing that she's over the top, you know. Yes. Um, because there are just so many examples. Because we didn't even talk about how she, I, I can't remember the Spanish for it. I'm so sorry, but how she um told Mickey that he looked skinny and pale. Yeah. <laughs> and she had all those antibiotics from Tijuana oh, and all right. those supplements and things. And he talked yep. about the infomercials she'd done, and she just you know, without skipping a beat, she's like, I do it for the people. Yes. <laughs> it's so like funny. she goes from talking to Spanish and then boom, right? Yeah. Instant, yeah. It's like clearly, she's saying a line in a, in a clear, show. Clear English, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's, but, uh, she's fun. But, it, you know, so it goes to from that, you know, like the slight funny moments there with like, like I said, Mickey kind of going, oh, shoot, you're, you're going to be moving in here. But then they have a, a nice conversation with when Elena was saying that, you know, she was a star. His dad was a star. You can't really put those two together, but now yeah. you're the star. And yeah. So it, was, it kind of went for to a tender moment there for a few seconds. So that was nice to see. Too. Yeah, it was. It was. You see, it was nice that they didn't just show all the over the top stuff, that they showed yeah. genuine love between them. Because even though he has reservations about his mom being there, you know, they love each other. And that's, yes. that's clear. So, all right. Well, you know, I like the games. Are you up for a game? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Mike is, always enjoys talking about locations and LA is a character in the show in and of itself. It's a very big part. I have five locations, but I'm going to give you the, they were mentioned in the episode. All five okay. of these were mentioned in the episode. I'm going to give you the initials of the location and you see if you can guess what the location is. I think you're going to be good at this, Mike, but um, it's doable. I'm saying it's doable. And then you can, for a bonus, you have to put the, I'm not going to give them to you in the order that they appeared in the episode. Okay. okay. I'm going to change up the order. And so, or maybe I don't, maybe it's a trick, but you're going to have to put them in order. Okay. So you cannot look at your notes. You have nope. to put your notes aside. My tablet, aside. Okay. My tablet is shut right now. And no phones, no right notes. Right yep. My tablet okay. is closed, so no notes. So a point if you get it. And so I'll give you a chance to get it. I'm giving them to you in no particular order. And I'm going to give you the initials of the location. But it is something that was mentioned in the episode. You try to guess the location based on the initials. If you cannot guess it based on the initials, then I'll give you a hint. If you get it just for the initials, with the initials, you get one point. If you take the hint and then get it, you get half a point or no points. And then you can get um, a two-point bonus at the end if you can put them in the order that they were mentioned in the episode. So after we go okay. through all five, okay? So it's a little crazy, uh, you know. Hey. But um, 
All right. That's what makes it fun. Okay. <laughs> the first initials, and I will say these are locations or places in the episode, not not people. So, because this one oh, might make you wonder. Okay. MC. Oh, jeez. Um, location. Let's see here. Try to think about places that were mentioned in the episode. I'm trying to think. Let's see here. That's the sound you're hearing is the hamster wheel. Ah, uh, the turning. Yeah. Turning of the hamster wheel. MC, see, when I see MC, I immediately think Michael Conley, but that's why I, I said it, these are not people. <laughs> yep. Because he did so write throwing, it, you know. You're throwing a nice curveball in here. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, no, shoot. I was thinking of... It's the different order. I was thinking Cafe Maurice, but that's the different order. It's CM. That's oh, CM. Yeah. Okay. CM. Uh, All right. Uh, we're going to. Okay. Um, actress. Oh, Mexico City. There you go. You get half a yeah, point. All right. L A T. Los Angeles. Oh, transit? No, that can't be it. Oh, L A T. Okay. I guess we'll go with a yeah. hint. Media. LA Times. There you go. And that was a little iffy, but I mean, they do have a location, you know. Yes. That they, so, and the LA Times is mentioned, so we get half a point there. All right. HB. Not Harry, Harry Bosch. Bosch. <laughs> yeah, <not> Harry Bosch. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it up there. <laughs> no, um, I know. HB, 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 Um, Dang it. Like, yeah, I think I'll need to go with the hint on that okay. one, too. Refrigerator. Refrigerator. <laughs> You're like what? Oh, um, oh shoot. You're trying to remember the name, but you know what it is now. You're trying to remember the name. Yeah, it's <laughs> at the tip of my tongue or brain, but it's drawing a blank. Now nah, I can't remember. Holy basil, the leftovers in the fridge. Holy basil. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. B H H. Beverly Hills Hotel. Nice. A whole point. I was waiting on that one because I'm like, I remember right It's got to be that one. L, in there, so. L M. Oh, Lady M. Nice. For the whole cake. Point for that one. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you have one, two, you have three points out of a possible five for naming the location. So for two additional points, which would give you technically 100%, five out of five. Put those in order. So okay. So can you list you, them off again? Uh, yeah, I think we did Mexico City, and we did L.A. Times, Holy Beverly Basil, Hotel, Holy Basil, Beverly Hills Hotel, and Lady M. Okay, so I gotta bring figure Put out those where in order. Put them in order. Let's see here. Got, I want to say it's Holy Basil, Mexico City, Lady M, LA Times, Beverly Hills Hotel. Okay. You got one correct. Oh, sorry. Right. Holy Basil was first. Holy Basil was Holy first. Holy Basil was first. Yeah. Okay. And then Lady M. So oh, Holy Basil was about the party. Lady M was after the party. Yep. Then three was Mexico City when they were horseback riding that evening. Okay. They talked about the story and the Beverly Hills Hotel. 
and then LA Times was um with Lorna and Izzy, and which we talked yeah. about early in the podcast, but that was later in the episode when they yeah. did the ploy to get her the the fair rent. They threatened to take the, the information to the LA Times. So but very good effort. Very good effort. Yeah. So still got three out of five. So that's, that's a passing right. grade at sixty six percent. Sixty yeah ish so very good very good and you're always such a good sport about playing so i, I love playing games or so much i know fun. i do too i do too so you're free to make one sometime you know and spring it on me i'm totally Ooh, ready couple Unique. trivia questions for you so oh tonight to, yes okay whoa because <laughs> I, I was holding on to this one. Oh boy i'm in trouble okay no i think you'll do all right you got one part of this conversation mentioned in the podcast. Okay. So, what play was the grandson performing in? Our Town? Yep. Okay. That's it. I told you. I knew you'd do it good. Because I was going <laughs> to throw out the, you know, what what uh, nut did she crack her tooth oh, on? Oh, we, talk, we talked about that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Earlier. So let's see here. Maybe I throw out one more trivia question. Okay, I'll throw out this one for okay. you. Let's see how you do. Alrighty. When Izzy tells Lorna that her dance studio is dead because the property manager jacked up the price of the rent, Lorna tells her they can't do that. Izzy asks her what she was supposed to do and go basically on a TV judge show. Which TV judge show did she mention? Judge Judy. That's right. Good <laughs> that was a funny line. What do you expect me to do? Call Judge Judy? Go on Judge exactly. Judy. <laughs> if you needed okay. options, I have uh, I had People's Court, Judge Mathis, Judge's Court, or Judy Justice, too, as other options. Judy Justice. There you go. Yeah, you come so, up with some good choices. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, like I said, most of the trivia questions I had <laughs> written down are ones we had covered during the podcast. Already talked about. Those were good. Those were good. I, I am relieved. I was sweating. So... At least you don't nitpick me to death with numbers and counting things. Oh, that, oh. That, that's that's a Pete. Thing. That's a Pete that's thing. Not, so I'm like, that's okay. not a me thing. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll get more of that soon enough. Yes. So all so right. I have to really, really dig deep when Pete comes on. To yeah, because yes, you need to throw it back his way. That's right. Exactly. I think I did pretty good last year with me. You did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sure. okay, what would Pete ask in this situation? It's hoping to see him and not too distant down the road. Yes, here. but we have two more episodes nine and ten for Lincoln Lawyer season ten. Yes. So those will be coming up soon, and we'll have to find out if Lisa did it or not. Exactly. Wait and see. Wink, wink. So, all right. Well, we do have Ted again with some Q&A for episode eight. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Enjoy what he has to share. And we'll be back in about a week to talk some more Lincoln Lawyer. Sounds like a plan. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care. All right, a few things about episode eight, covenants and stipulations. Tell us a little bit, maybe just flesh it out a little bit more about why Mickey chose to shortcut her evidence presentation about the murder weapon. I mean, she she obviously said he's trying to keep me from 
you know, really talking about this and making a big deal out of this. Is is that all there was to it? Or is there another element that's helpful to him to just shortcut that and go on to the other things? Well, it's twofold. I mean, there, okay. there are two sides of the same coin, I guess, right? One yeah. is you're throwing her off her game. She's she's prepared to make a meal of this and mm-hmm. talk about it for 45 minutes and, you know, drum it into the jury's head. So by stipulating to it, you're throwing, you're throwing her off her game. You're removing her grit, you know, in a sense, you're, you're, you're doing whatever you can to neutralize her strongest weapon. Okay. Yeah. Same way, neutralize her. And then the other side of that coin is Mickey's just like, I, there's no way I'm going to keep this out. So if I can't keep it out, I don't want to sit here for 45 minutes talking about it. Right. I want, I want mm-hmm. to very, very quickly. And by stipulating to it, you're, you're projecting to the jury. I don't care. This that doesn't not- matter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That when in sense. fact, you care and it's very important but yeah just, but yeah you're conveying yeah. that okay right you know yeah that makes sense okay i think it's is it uh episode eight is where we meet elena his mom i believe mm-hmm. that's where she enter- yeah enters into it and she has a conversation uh, with him about how they that she and his dad both wanted to be the star but now he's the star you know and he's wearing the ring now and then later in the episode he starts to ask some other i think he maybe asks is he? I can't remember. If he had changed, is, is he different now? Can you just talk about that a little bit? If if he has changed and kind of what we should explore about that? Well, he's constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. What makes any character in a television series particularly interesting to watch is that mm-hmm. they're const- if they're not constantly evolving, they're not going to be interesting to watch, right? True, um, true. And so in this case, you're 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 dealing with a man who grew up in the shadow of his father and you know with this like kind of wacky somewhat domineering mother right mm-hmm. and um and really you know struggled i think this is a person who on some level probably resented his father right and yet mm-hmm. at the same what has he done he's become his father yeah and he's idolizes his father and he is you know he probably kind of looked askance a little at, at his dad, you know, the way that his dad was this kind of media celebrity and and took these high profile cases. And also, you know, it is hinted had numerous extramarital dalliances and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, Mickey is becoming the media darling and taking, um, uh, you know, he, he at once uh, shuns the spotlight and is addicted to it. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Another thing ab- about episode eight, that's where we have the neighbor that's testifying about, you know, hearing Lisa and her husband arguing. And then uh, I guess Mickey suggests that, you know, she was probably would make sense that she had a grudge if she could have possibly gotten 1.5 million to sell her property, but it was had to be in conjunction with Lisa's. I, we'll talk about this more when we when we talk at towards the end but i on the second watch that really jumped out at me more it's just fun going back and seeing those lines and those little nuggets that make you think oh, why didn't i think more about that but that's a lot of money why wouldn't lisa want to have to sell more you know it's just it's it's really cool to go on your second watch and some of the lines that that jump out of you and michael does that in the books and i you know i, I I don't remember all the detail of, of which and which, but that's just, I guess I just want to say that's really well done. I, I like finding those. Oh, the thank you. Time uh, around, so. Yeah. Th- it, that one is uh, the, you know, w- that 
this particular aspect of the story is one of the things we changed. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. I did recognize the change. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I don't remember the process by which we came up with that specifically, but it, it, it it's fun to, you know, those, those things are fun. We, we definitely want this show to be one that you do go back and watch a second time. And that's when you go, Oh wait, that's that. Certainly we did a lot of that in season one with yeah, sure. the, mm-hmm. the truth of what happened, you know? Right. So yeah. In season two, so, yeah. Yeah.